0: going yamitators episode 167 with ed salazar um if you guys don't know who he is check out the meltdown with jonah and kumail we get into it we get into all of it we talk about comics we talk about um magic and uh and not magic like magician's magic more like magic cards and um yeah stand up a lot so check it out and enjoy and also go to facebook.com slash with Doug Culp. go to yamitat.com subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already leave it a review leave it a rating um, anything to get the show out there to more people duplex comedy suplex was so awesome guys we had Tara Magori, we had Nathan Mosher, and we had Kieran Diol. Yeah, come to the show. It's free. Uh, It's every Thursday. Um, I don't know if there will be one this coming Thursday because I have neglected to book anyone, and I think I'm okay having a week off right now. Uh, I got to focus on finding work. Eh, But anyway, this is about Duplex. So come to Duplex. (laughs) Come to Duplex Comedy Suplex. Duplex. It's Duplex Comedy on Twitter and Duplex Comedy Suplex on Facebook and Instagram. And if I repeat this later after this right now, what I'm saying, then, uh, sorry, because I forgot if I recorded that later, but it's now, and, uh, now it's, now is currently happening, so none of us are really now, currently, in the present, um, but we are currently here. Um... Have have uh, have fun with the rest of this episode, guys. All right, my Twitter is Dougathan d o u g a t h a n. The show's Twitter is Yamatat y a m a t a t. Um, Duplex Comedy on Twitter, Duplex Comedy Suplex on Instagram and Facebook. There's a donate button on my website through PayPal. Um, there's uh I have a GoFundMe going for these medical tests that I'm trying or medical uh, uh, not tests um, like medicine for for Lyme disease because it's not covered by a lot of uh, people who accept Medi-Cal it's crazy and weird and I'm in this quagmire right now and I'm trying to find my way out but in the meantime guys get ready to yam it up yam it up everybody with me and Ed Salazar
1: Test. There you <laughs>
0: Test. It's working.
1: Test one two.
0: Hello, 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 hello.
1: Should we just start by reading the necrom- comment of it? Necronomicon? Necrom- of course. Yeah, we should just take a passage. <laughs> it's never been open. Oh, my God. It's,
0: it's been open, but barely. I I, uh, I cracked it open to the first story, and I read it, and it's very good. Is it? Mm-hmm. His, his imagery is creepy as hell, because you're like, oh, you had these night terrors, and this is real now. All right.
1: The older matters which had made the sculptor's dream in base relief so significant to my uncle formed the subject of the second half of his long manuscript. Once before, it appears. Professor Angel... That's a little on the nose there, Electric Craft. <laughs> Professor Angel. Yeah, it's A-N-G-E-L-L. Had seen the hellish outlines of the nameless monstrosity, pulsed over the unknown, hieroglyphics, and heard the ominous symbols which can be rendered only as Cthulhu. And all this, in no stirring and horrible connection, that it is a small wonder he pursued young Wilcox with queries and demands for data. That's right. Amen. <laughs> What what is the
0: You know Lovecraft, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean
1: I, uh, I I actually don't know like what his whole deal was. Are we recording? What are yeah. we, what do we talk about on this podcast?
0: Um I have a few questions I go through and it's tangents and stuff until it feels like an episode.
1: Okay, so shoot, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well oh, yeah. yeah, so
0: Lovecraft, uh, uh he was um, he had all these night terrors when he was little, when he was uh. growing up. So he wrote them all down and then when he died he went anyone can have these stories it's open license it's free to oh. use. yeah and so so many gaming companies were just like oh yeah cthulhu this cthulhu that yeah 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 and you know something on a smaller scale but
1: was he rich was like lovecraft a rich person oh,
0: or? I, I... <sighs> if I had to guess i'd say that he was probably somewhat well off from the From the lore that he'd created or whatever and then but maybe not
1: it's interesting that there hasn't been any i'm sure that's been pitched but like something where it's like he's the the character you know yeah or like lovecraft is a character kind of because in a way he's like almost fictional you know like he himself is almost fictional now like because he's been you know there's a lot of books that are like he is sort of a character in his own sort of mythology, in a yeah. way.
0: Yeah, and when people think about him, they're like, did he even exist? Yeah. Or did these writings come to be on their own?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <sighs> so, comedy.
1: Comedy. Comedy. I'm, I'm Ed Salazar. I'm a comedian. Yeah. Um, this is Ed, guys. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I've been doing comedy for about ten years. Uh, I started in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. uh, in what it was at the time called the alt comedy scene. Uh. And, uh, I helped produce The Meltdown, which ran for six years and was a TV show for three seasons on Comedy Central. The Meltdown. The Meltdown. And then, um, I'm currently just fucking around a little bit. (laughs)
0: Cool. What's, uh, What's something in comedy that you haven't done that you'd love to do? And it doesn't should be just one thing.
1: It can be... Star in a huge movie that makes a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, I, mean, I haven't, I haven't, tough. I haven't really, per, I haven't really directed anything that I've written. So that kind of is a, that's something I should be going towards, I think. But uh, I'd say like that's, I mean, something that is attainable that like I should do is like make a short of some sort, which I really haven't done. I've written stuff that has been produced by other people for like *Trip Tank* on Comedy Central, mm-hmm. but like I have not really <coughs> done something from start to finish on my own. Which...
0: So here's an interesting question: Have you ever seen something that you wrote that was directed by someone else, and then you go, "Man, I probably would have directed it a little bit different."
1: Well, the 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 two things that that's happened with well, let me think. There was one other thing. I don't know if I ever actually saw the final version of it. Mm-hmm. This is, this is touchy because I don't want to like shit yeah, on anybody. Yeah, else. Yeah. But like the two things that they did for Trip Tank like came out great, and they actually made way better. Mm-hmm. So no, not yet. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't I like a I haven't had like a Faulkner in Hollywood moment yet or anything.
0: And you're also like maybe I'll dip my toe into this rig. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll toss my head into this ring. Mm-hmm. Is that what uh, with a three ring circus? What? What? <laughs> Wait, like, to-
1: toss your hat into the ring? Toss
0: your hat into the ring. Oh, no, no. Was that from wrestling? No. That it may be
1: a boxing wrestling? thing.
0: Boxing? Yeah. Tossing your hat into the ring?
1: Like, who Who do you want to fight and you throw your hat into the ring and you fight?
0: Towards that person?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, dude, I don't know. This is, you have a computer in front of you. Should...
0: <laughs> I know. It's fun to this just... This isn't
1: like, like a, a debatable question. No,
0: it's fun to just wonder about that stuff and maybe not wiki it until
1: or it's frustrating. We, either way you look <laughs> at it, like or you can be like So, if you want to tweet at Doug and tell him where you think the term toss your head toss into right the ring. ring.
0: I may look it up later. Um,
1: I'm just looking at Doug's place. It looks like the mind of a 25-year-old. <laughs> so, yep. just clutter. It's really Trapped
0: mm-hmm. in the body of a thirty-three-year-old. Yeah. Dropped in the body of an eighty-five-year-old. Yeah. Fucking king.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lyme disease. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lyme's. Good job. Yeah, a lot of people. That's a. That's that's the worst. I've had two friends who've had it. It's really bad. Yeah. They. And they it's hard for them to diagnose it. So it, like, yep. you spend like two years where they go like, we don't know what it is, and then finally like Lyme disease. Yeah. You're
0: like motherfucker. Finally, I have a name for all this. Yeah. Because until then, I, I didn't think I was going crazy, but I was like, I think these fucking doctors want me to think that I'm going crazy. Yeah, they always want you to think. Nothing. That. It's yeah. Not nothing. Don't just send me home with anti-inflammatories, you bitch. Doctor Clem Rodriguez, you suck <laughs> <laughs> at detecting Lyme disease. He had never had a patient with Lyme
1: disease, so when, he, when I came in, he was well, like, I don't know. It's also a multi-system, multi-symptom disease yeah. that presents differently <laughs> in different people, so mm-hmm. it's like... It's very hard to track. Yeah, it's its pretty hard, yeah. Don't get bit by bugs.
0: Yeah, don't go out in nature where I apparently was and got bit
1: by a tail. One time. That sucks for you, because judging from your the comic books and <laughs> video games, it was like the only time you went outside. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <And> Ever. Like, <laughs> Like one time you went to go frolic out in the woods. I'm Link, and this is my high rule And then you got I a, had
0: a wooden sword and everything. Yeah.
1: And then you got taken down by one tick.
0: Yeah. The shield was made of foam. Maybe that was my downfall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, what is your favorite part about doing stand up?
1: I. Uh, I think my favorite part about doing stand-up is the the kind of hour before getting to go up, you know, and, like, hanging out with people. Like, I I still do open mics along with book shows, you know, because it's hard. It's so crowded that it's hard to get enough stage time, Mm -hmm. for me at least, uh, to really work on stuff by just relying on book shows. And then – but also I think that you – it's i think your brain sometimes follows your behavior in the sense like that's something from having depression you learn is like like do the thing that makes you happy and then your brain will become happy and so it's Mm -hmm. like in a similar sense like if you if i sit at home and like i'm gonna write a stand-up set and i sit there i won't write but if i the moment i go to an open mic then it's like oh yeah i you know i have like a a lot more ideas and I can be like, oh, I'm gonna do the story that I just realized. We're talking to other comics, and everyone's kind of preparing for for a set, so everyone's mind is in the right place, mm-hmm. and that's a really hard place to get to without being at an open mic or at a show in a green room. Like a lot of the fucking around in the green room isn't self entertaining. It's like getting warmed up, getting yeah, stretched, getting or bad. whatever. Yeah, so um, that's probably my favorite time, and like that. M- the the sort of when something when you feel like you have nothing and you're like oh i don't have any uh thing to really talk about and then something pops into your head i that's like really great like i i just probably tell it tonight at the show but like just the story of like finding out robin williams died i was like oh that's like an interesting story for me so like that's something that I didn't think of until someone I was talking to somebody and then I was like, Oh I should tell that story. So uh, yeah, like things like that. That's probably the best moment.
0: It's funny how sometimes that stuff doesn't occur to you when you're just telling it to a friend or something and then you think of Have you talked about that on stage? Yeah.
1: Or with a the therapist. <laughs> it's generally either one or the other.
0: Either way it's healthy. Yeah. It's healthier to talk to shit. Have you,
1: have you talked to anyone about that? But yeah, no, it's those are my favorite moments.
0: Yeah. Tell me about uh, your time on The Meltdown.
1: Uh, All
0: that, how it got started, how how it evolved into what it was, and then the show and everything. Hmm.
1: I, well, I think that it started with, I, years ago before the Jonah and Kumail version, uh, this woman, Linda Pine, had had a show that was monthly. And she had seen me, I got second place at the very first Tournament of Nerds. Oh, shit. And so... Uh, and I was the... I was the f- on TV?
0: Sci-fi? No. No, King no. King of Nerds, that's what I
1: thinking. Yeah, Terminant of Nerds is like a, a debate sort of March Madness debate style show. Okay. And I was the first person to dress up as a character that wasn't the character that they were debating for. Like, everyone... Like, people wore, like, Wonder Woman costumes and Superman costumes uh but i dressed up like a southern lawyer and basically did uh i was basically um the character from
0: the chicken lawyer from Futurama?
1: no i was i'd never seen that character i someone told me about that character but i was i was basing it off of uh the a couple like lawyer characters like there's a sort of The like, there's always the lawyer who is not the main lawyer in a lot of lawyer movie shows like (laughs) like the like Gary, like uh, Perry Mason. They'll always be like the other lawyer and sometimes it'll be the same guy. Like sometimes just for shorthand, I'll be like, he's a southern guy with. But uh, also my friend's dad had told me about this guy when I was like, when I was thinking about going to law school and he's like told me about this guy. And like the way he described him was like he uses like southern colloquialisms to win cases you know and like
0: (laughs) to charm the fucking crowd
1: well also like you want to do like a columbo thing like (laughs) so you you know you're like you you make them think that you're being very casual and then you're like you give them like a gotcha moment or whatever so like uh i was debating on whether or not the predator would beat superman that was my first round (laughs) and like obviously everyone's going to root for superman and i was the predator's lawyer basically and at the time uh there was a comic all-star superman out and it was all the whole and i was reading it and the whole arc of it is that superman is dying so that was like my gotcha moment was like (laughs) superman was dying and the way he was killed was by getting too much sun so i was like oh he's like he's I mean, a battery that's like really yeah yeah that's sort of like the people should read it it's grant morris i think it's really good but uh so that linda saw me on it was like hey, i have a monthly show and jonah hosts it. do you want to do it and then i did it and i had a good set and then she was like you know jonah's leaving uh do you wanna i think the nerdist had started and uh Is that when it was the comedy meltdown? yeah yeah so you can still see those posters up At Meltdown, we had free Asahi beer. So, like, we had a beer sponsor and it was a free show. And so that built up this, like, really great audience. And then, and also, like, Gaston was very, like, supportive and helpful. And, like, they had, at the time, it was pre-Facebook and, like, kind of pre-Facebook, Twitter, MySpace. And they had, like, 100,000 emails. So, like, at the time, that was a big deal to be able to just, like shoot out an email to everyone who was who had ever like given meltdown an email got notifications at the show so that kind of like at the time like the venue was a little bit different there's like pillars in the back and uh on sometimes we'd have to tell the employees to stop sorting comic books because it was like there'd still be storage all around and stuff there was no we, we eventually got a stage bill we eventually got pa put in we eventually got I don't know lights in and I don't know what happened during the weekly version or the monthly version. I know the, I think the lights and the pillars were done post the weekly version. So
0: when you came in to the show, Jonah
1: had left. So Jonah had left the monthly show and I started hosting it kind of alternating with me and then sometimes blank Apache would host. Okay. And then that sh- Linda left was like, we, we, with that show, we were like, at one point, talking about like taking it on the road and doing it at draft houses, the Elmwood draft houses, like, but that kind of fell through. And Linda was an actress, and was like, "I'm, I'm not. This is taking all of my time," so it just kind of stopped. Yeah. And then, at the same time, Kumail and Emily were coming moving to LA, mm-hmm. and Jonah met them, and just sort of in conversation, um. Emily would was like, Oh, I used to produce shows in York and I'd love to do something in LA. And like Kumail was like on the rise, but not huge yet. And I think Emily was working on a book, but like they were still like in a place where they, uh, that a, that a weekly show would be like a good thing for their career. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then Jonah came to me and was like, do you want to do tech? And, like you can do tech for it and then like fuck around and we'll do bits and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. So then I started doing it. And then I think because, uh, and then I think the Nerdist podcast started right before the weekly show. Mm-hmm. And because Kumail was like a New York comic that people knew about and wanted to see, and he hadn't really done a lot in LA. Mm-hmm. And because Emily and Kumail,
0: they already had their story, right? The, the big sick
1: story. Yeah. They that already New happened York. in New York years, a couple of years before, but like, uh, I think because Emily and Kumail knew everyone in New York and, uh, at least at the time, like, like LA, a New York comic, someone like, you know, like Pete Holmes before, you know, back then, mm-hmm. or like David Cross or something like Michael Ian black, or those, those dudes like coming to LA and performing like drew better than, la comics who were here that are also good comics like yeah. it's a weird thing it's like you know like someone like sarah silverman like you know a few years ago like tig notaro if she was on your show it's like that's gonna sell out the show like mm-hmm. it kind of like goes through cycles of who and L- who la is kind of like looking at in comedy yeah. but like because new york people aren't here that often like eugene merman Will sell a lot of tickets because like Eugene's a New York guy and so when he comes here are like, it's he's here, he's he's here. Really we gotta hurt yeah we have to see him now yeah. like uh whereas like you know someone who's a very good LA comic and is famous also it's like oh well you know they're here all the time yeah. so I think like the combination of like LA and Kumail knowing New York people and like knowing and them reaching out to them also like the people that Kumail and Emily sort of came from, went from Chicago to New York and that like whole group was kind of maturing like Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that combined with like Jonah, knowing all the LA people and knowing sort of the, also like a, the, 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 senior class of that comedy scene, like, mm-hmm. you know, people like Hussein and uh, Patton and, chris hardwick and those guys like jonah knowing those people like allowed the show to kind of book the best of both coasts like other shows in la probably couldn't and i think that was like and emily just like booked the first two months were just all huge like
0: because new york people probably just looked up kumail and they're like you're doing this show now mm-hmm. yeah I'll do your
1: show. i'm coming to la right and he just they people just trusted him and knew him and so like they basically the first two months were just these crazy lineups that like, and and really like pretty quickly it got to the point where we were just selling out all the time, and so, you know, with uh, and really, I don't you know, we kind of like I think we all had a thought about like how comedy shows should feel and what it should feel like and what we didn't like about some comedy shows. Yeah not like the performance aspect of it or almost it was more like the feel uh, the field room or like even like Jonah always has sort of a punk rock sort of thing so when Dave Clock approached him about doing posters you know Jonah was like oh that's what I want because Pettybone used to do that for Black Flag so like that's Dave Clock was our Pettybone in a way and so like and Dave clock was willing to do it because he didn't really know how to do screen printing yeah. and he didn't really know how to do like, uh, draw faces. Like he really didn't, he didn't, if you look at like his early stuff, he wouldn't draw a face. The ghost, the yeah, ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was kind of like shapeless and like he still, he was doing the reason he was doing a poster every week was because every week he was challenging himself. So like that's, that's so awesome. yeah. That's like one aspect of it. And so that gave us something that, a lot of shows didn't have, which was, I think, you know, most show posters look kind of the same. Yeah. Most shows don't do a poster every week. Okay. Like it was, and he
0: was trying to better himself with his posters. He was trying to better himself
1: with his posters. And, oh, but like, man. but yeah, you know, like you look at posters, you know, seven years ago, what posters look like. It's like some of them are sort of Photoshoppy ones or like the really bad ones are just like four headshots and a microphone Is or he- whatever. And it's like, he changed, I think he was, like, a huge part of it. Not that he was the first artist to kind of do original work for it, but, like, the, the level and the the quantity and the fact that it sort of, yeah. the posters didn't necessarily have anything to do with the, sh- like, the like, the show itself show specifically, specifically yeah. but, like, only in style and sort of emotion, you know, did yeah. they have anything to do with it, so.
0: And then it had the names and the date, and then leaving the yeah. show, you're like shit i
1: just saw this right i'll totally buy this poster and uh and then you know i think that uh emily having like pretty high standards and really like a work ethic that almost no producer of a successful show would have because you know uh, i know that like a lot of comics they don't know this but like she like if you sent her a clip she watched it and if she laughed at a clip. There were multiple times where like I was like where did you get this guy I've never heard of him she's like he sent me a clip and it made me laugh like if you sent her a video a, a video and she was watching it in her living room and she laughed she booked you like because yeah. she's like if I can because she knew that like that's a really shitty way to watch stand-up so if she laughed because you sent her a, like a YouTube video then booked. you were booked so it's like she and she was doing that all the you know, almost all the way to the end, you know, when we got to the end, it was like, you know, we had to, we were kind of running out of spots, but like, yeah, yeah like, but yeah, I mean, as, uh, she was still doing that, like the last year of the show when she really didn't have to, she could have, I mean. taken someone on recommendation. Right, or just booked, you know, Maybe. successful, famous, co- I mean, there were shows that last year where I mean, there was one show I remember where like none, of, I was like, I really had the thought of like, none of these people are really like big names, mm-hmm. you know, so, mm-hmm. And then I think, um, you know, like, Kumail kind of has, like, standards that are pretty high that that he expects. And then I think I kind of was, like, came from a place of wanting people to be comfortable. You know, like, that was, like, what I think I brought to the table, which was, like, High fives. The high fives. Well, like the high fives. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if people know, like, who know this show, or I don't know how many hundreds of people listen to this, but like, <laughs> but like tens, tens, tens of people. Of but people. like, we used to, we used to before the show, we would high. F- I would high five everybody. But like that. Like, and if you're starting a show, like, think about this. Like, the reason I did that was not because I wanted to high five people, but because. I didn't want to be a door guy like I didn't want to ask for ticket stubs I didn't want to ask to see their stamps yeah. so what I told the door person at the door to do is stamp the inside of their wrist and then I would high five them And, see it when you and so I'd see it their out. stamps so instead of me having to check people and make sure that they had paid I just had to say high five and so the moment you once you got stamped once you paid and got stamped from that moment till you left for the night you never felt like a customer you just were like I'm here for the show, I'm here for the show and it's very casual and very fun it's like You know, then everyone sits down and they've been standing up for a long time. So then as the show progressed, like, people were getting their hours before the show and hanging out and they're standing and it's like, the show's going to be an hour and a half to two hours long. So that's when we started doing, like, music before the show and we just sort of started picking out uh, particular songs and doing sing-alongs and getting people to clap and, like, getting people settled in. And so my... And then I would bring Jonah Kumail out on stage. I would usually like riff for like a minute, which was like partly me. Like I never had the guts to do it for long longer, but like, but like that was because Paul Tompkins talked about doing that for the Mr. Show live tapings. And I was like, and he was like, I, he used to just, he stopped writing for Mr. Show and just started doing basically in while they were doing stuff, riffing, vamping. vamping and, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's really fun. <laughs> And that was really fun for me because it was like if i didn't feel like doing anything i didn't do anything and if something struck me it did and i did it so mm-hmm. uh and then i would bring kumail and jonah out i would sing a song and like get in the and then it slowly like i i would sing a song this song called uh cheap beer by fiddler which has this line fuck you mm-hmm. and then i would, then i started like giving the mic to the audience for the fuck you part Yep. And, and then it's not like a punk show, the then, of a yeah. Show. And so then I would start circling, I started running <laughs> around the whole place, and like and then I started going because the audience would get bigger and bigger. So then I was like, Well, these like there's not like the back of the audience is like asleep. So then I would <laughs> run to the back and make them clap and then come to the front of the stage. And then I started like going into the crowd. And so by the end, you
0: served a couple of times,
1: yeah. That? By the end, I was like, like, the like when, the sh- when we were, like decided to end the show, I was like, I was kind of glad because I was like two years from then. I mean it reminded me like you Eddie
0: don't dare amp it up even more.
1: Well Upside I remember this
0: down, coming down on wires. Yeah, there's
1: this <laughs> there's this interview with Eddie Vetter where like where they're like you know, he used to like if you go and watch Evenflow, like he's hanging from the rafters and he drops and the audience catches him. And he uh just had this realization that he would have to keep going higher and higher up the rafters and, and then eventually he would die and that's when the audience would be like, Okay, well that's enough. <laughs> And so I was like, that's, that like was kind of in my head. I was like, oh, eventually like the audience is going to, I was like hanging. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was hanging from like the beams and stuff. And like, I was like, oh, I'm going to eventually just, it's never going to be, it's never going to end. I'm going to have to keep amping it up. So I was kind of glad that that aspect of it ended when I, but the, but the whole point was just to basically when that my whole goal and what I did before the show Was that by the normally when you go to a show it's like the maybe the PA announces the host and the host comes out and then the host has to work really hard and then if if the host isn't feeling it then he brings the first comic and so the first comic a lot of times is also then the either it's it's one of two things either either it's a a really established comic or the best comic on the show who wants to get his set done and go home or it's a new comic who no one want to take the bullet and they make that person take the comic. Mm-hmm. Either way, what either happens is that the audience is now seeing, if it's the first one, like, the audience is like seeing, they're like, oh, Louis C.K., this is the guy I came f- here to see. They see Louis C.K., Louis C.K. leaves, and they're like, well, I can just go home. Like, they just check out the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And if it's a new comic, that comic may not have the skills if the hosts didn't do a good job or the host didn't do a good job to really get the audience going so then you're just like that guy sucks then the second comic goes out and he's gonna have a shitty and then it takes like three comics for the show to be moving and then the headline headliner and then the audience is exhausted because they had to work hard to get (laughs) in the headspace so like we want
0: to be excited we want to laugh yeah
1: so like so i just like uh my goal was that by the time joan and kumail came out of the audience that it was easy you know like And I think we, I don't think we ever had a problem with that. Like, I, don't, I think we maybe had two bad audiences the whole six years, which is kind of amazing. But like, yeah, the the idea is that like Jonah and Kumail would come out, and then they're really talented and they're funny. And by the time they're done, whoever the next comic is has got a got a cakewalk. And so, you know, that that was kind of the amazing thing about that show is just like it was always an easy audience. And like, I mean, I would have people. I, I had a couple people over the last six years of it come to me and go, like, oh, you know, that show is too easy to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that show is as easy as every stand-up show should be. If your stand-up show isn't that easy, then you're not doing enough and, like, do more. Yeah. You know, like, do, put, like, that should be your goal. Your goal should be that, like, everyone walks off stage smiling. You know, that, like, new comics feel like they've that they've feel like they've gotten through something and developed and that established comics are like that that was fun and easy and like yeah. that was enjoyable you know like a lot I mean a lot of times the people who were the most nervous at the meltdown were uh veteran comics who were not um used to doing anything other than clubs like so
0: they're like I don't know how this meltdown crowd's going to They're me. like
1: these are young kids <laughs> they're not going to like me they're going to be cross-armed and stuff like that and then they have a good set and they're like that's amazing amazing." so you know that that's sort of like a testament to how that show ran you know top to bottom was sort of you know that anyone if you were good at stand-up it didn't matter what your background was what kind of stand-up you were like who you were where you came from like if you were just good at stand-up and you brought it you had a good set.
0: Throw your expectations out the window. Yeah. The
1: they were just a good. And, you know, in the, yeah, the Meltdown was like. The other thing was that. The thing that. Uh, I think, like, going back to the original monthly show, what. What Linda and Gaston, when they started doing comedy shows there, uh, initially, like, all the shows were like, this is a nerd, like, they're, and those shows are great. Like I did comics on comics a bunch of times. It's a really fun show, mm-hmm. but it was like a show like, well, it's in the back of comic book shop. So we have to talk about comic books. Yeah. And when like Jonah and Linda started doing their, sh- their, that monthly version, what she did was like, say, well, no, what we really want is just no assholes like on the show. And it was more about the spirit. And then when Emily came along, just be, you know, because of who she was and her own personal beliefs in comedy, and who they knew, it was sort of like the spirit of who. What it became about was like, it's not that it's a comic book shop; it's that it's the spirit of what a comic book shop means. Like, yeah. it means like, like you when I used to go to uh, my comic book shop in Omaha, which was Jesus, what is it, Ground Zero in Omaha? Mm-hmm. Like you walked, like there were times where I was lonely. <laughs> And just didn't didn't have a lot of friends or whatever and i'd walk in like you could walk in and sit there and lean on the counter and bullshit with the owner for an hour and then you'd buy one comic and leave you know it's like it it that's what like was important not like whether the guy on the guy or girl on stage is go- knows the difference between like marvel and ultimate marvel you know what i mean like that stuff doesn't really matter what matters is like is this person a person i could walk into a, like a place and just like talk to you like a person and welcome you and that's right. kind of what's important
0: what if it was a deli what if it was a bowling
1: alley right Barbara, i mean the comic book shops are just the barber shops for white nerds so <laughs> you know
0: oh man i started so I was later into comics. I I start. I had this comic book. It was a Spider-Man Deathlock comic, hmm. and it was pretty cool. But when I was little, my stupid little kid brain was like, I don't know how to read the order. Yeah. This frustrates me, and I traded it for some Marvel cards. Uh huh. Big, big mistake. I mean, come on. Old comic for some <laughs> cards. They were first series, but.
1: I have the complete first series, including foil. Yeah. yeah, it's back at my parents' house. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Those are worth something. And they'll are keep, they? They'll keep be worth...
1: I have a bunch of Magic cards, stuff. actually. Have to, my parents are sending me out yeah. a bunch of, like, Magic... First edition Magic cards and... What kind of and t- you
0: run? I'm, I'm kind of newer to Magic, too. I, I, I ran a red
1: players. and black deck and a mm-hmm. blue and white deck. But now everyone... People don't really mix colors as much as they used to. Like, everything's it seems like... I haven't played in a long time. I'm playing tomorrow actually with some friends and i haven't played in over a decade but like when when i played there were not any rules or anything now like there's restrictions with what cards you can use in the makeup of oh, your day right, like the, the certain certain Black artifacts yeah <laughs> i don't know there's all kinds of stuff that you can't you can't do but uh it's, I don't know
0: what it's really called, but it's the one that gives you like three mana instantly or something. or
1: Mm-mm, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really don't know. I haven't played in a decade, so. Yeah,
0: that ga- that card, I guess, was made illegal at tournaments. Well, there was one.
1: Well, there's one. Just freak the fuck out. There were two cards that came out, maybe like the second edition, but before the antiquities, there like there were or they were antiquities, that were there was one called the Vice and I want to say the grindstone or the millstone or something like that. And so the millstone makes your opponent draw three cards, or everyone has to draw three cards or something like that every round. And then the vice uh, was like a point of damage for every card over three cards in your hand or something like that. So you could like, and you could stack artifacts. So you could, if you had... So what you'd do is, boom, like, just basically make everybody draw a bunch of cards, and then you would put the vice out, and you'd kill them in one round. Oh, shit. So the the person would have 30 cards in their hand, and then they would just die. (laughs) And so, like...
0: Take all your damage now, bitch. Bye-bye. Yeah, and because (laughs) because
1: it didn't take a lot of mana to, like, pull out... You didn't... I think it was non... You know, it's an artifact, so it's non-specific mana color. Mm -hmm. And... Two mana or something. Yeah, and it doesn't take a lot of mana to to draw them. So it's, like, all you had... You had people who had decks that were just artifacts and mana oh, shit. and so it wasn't very fun um it was a you know like i th- the makers were probably like well no one's gonna spend a thousand dollars to get six of these you know and put them in one deck but Some people people, people did <laughs> but yeah I, I apparently have cards that are worth a lot like i need to i'm having them shipped out so i can go through them and sell the ones that are really valuable
0: and start playing
1: Ugh, I don't know The ones
0: know. you miss I made a black-white deck
1: oh mm. Oh, It's a contradiction <laughs>
0: Yeah
1: It's yeah.
0: pretty cool Because I'm like Yeah all these All these demons and, and ghouls And zombies And vampires Are coming out And then all these Like holy warriors Are like We'll fight together Yeah
1: <laughs> Well I, It's weird It's coming back I mean a lot of kids Play it Like at the open mics. <laughs> the younger comics Play it before the shows mm-hmm. A lot of times Which is interesting Yeah There's a bunch of like Uh Magic the Gathering in like Minneapolis. When I went to the 10,000 Laughs festival, like there were a bunch of people playing it. Yeah. Like, it's so weird that this it's coming recently? back in style. Yeah, yeah, back in style. People yeah, were it's like, fun. it's blowing up. Yeah. I think people were, you know, looking for ways to not look at your phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a fun, casual.
1: It's, it's... fun. Yeah. You
0: can play a game in fifteen minutes, but you can also play a game in an hour. Yeah. Those games that take an hour, you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Please let me just kill them, or them kill me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Literally, not even figuratively. Yeah.
0: So you were in on Magic from the jump, like from when it came out. Or- yeah,
1: I was. I have. I know, like, some of my cards have the old original bo- border. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I and like I think antiquities was the first. Expansion like world that they did, and so I have a bunch of those. Um I mean, I have friends who have like boxes because, like, there were at, when we started there were not that many cards, so. So what? You just you... bought. You had to buy like so many decks and have so many like. Duplicates. Duplicates because, <laughs> because like to get the one. Cool like grad, cool card you had to buy like a thousand because there weren't that many there wasn't a lot of variety oh
0: man yeah so you'd be like have it have it yeah. have it have it cool i have,
1: have so it. many goblins cool. like <laughs> i love just like goblins just to get like one goblin king to make all those goblins worth anything you
0: have so many goblins you are the goblin
1: king. yeah yeah <laughs> that's what they call me but yeah i know it's i think i spend a shit ton of money on it
0: what about uh comics have you read comics always or did you take a break at one point and then come back
1: i read comics starting when i was a kid like my mom would give me a comic for getting we'd go to get my hair cut and i'd get a comic i used to get transformers yeah so that was like the first i had other comics before then but like transformers was kind of like the comic that i collected the most like i remember yeah i remember shockwave being introduced and stuff but like uh, and then I read when, you know, high school, like, late grade school through high school I, it was probably, like, my peak comic book period, which was, like, the Marvel Inferno crossover time, which then also, like, kind of killed me off, because once it ended, I was like, Jesus, like, it was, like, the peak of what not to do with a comic book series, because they'd have multiple variant covers, it was you had to buy like comics that you didn't really give a shit about so that you had this one moment where like Spider-Man gets with cosmic powers, loses his cosmic powers for a moment. And if you don't know, you know, like, so you, you just would buy like these one-off comics to kind of like keep, Oh,
0: because it has all the, to see this. Yeah. So
1: then you have to go buy that comic to, (laughs) you know, and now like the thing is like, I can go in and out of them, and I can go on Wikipedia and kind of catch up, yeah and be like, well, like Wolverine lost the adamantium skeleton and then he got it back, okay, so we've got it back down, and then I can read whatever <laughs> you know, and I'll go through and I'll read like limited series a lot, like I like like why the last man or uh planetary, which was really great planetary, yeah, it's really great, and uh. Lock and Key, and things like that that I can kind of... I, I, when Walking Dead started, I read, like, the first three years of that, and mm-hmm. Invincible, I read a bunch of... What's Invincible about? Invincible is, a, is really great. It's, like, a about a superhero. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's about a high school kid who's a superhero. Who is
0: Invincible?
1: Who's... I mean, I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> see what happens. Sort of. No spoilers? No spoilers, but, like... <laughs> I think that one's ending i think that's a that's the same guy who did walking dead
0: okay cool
1: i was kind of like i liked it i wish it would have it moved really quickly from what it started to what it was in invincible? a way what's that
0: invincible or Walking?
1: Dead? invincible like because i thought it was going to be about like a father son superhero in high school and it kind of like moved away from that super fast like it kind of went through high school really quickly and he's like he was in college and and like and six you
0: didn't get to explore
1: any of the awkward times. yeah I, I kind of was like oh, I wish there was a comic that was that thing for a little bit longer but it's really great it's humorous and it's kind of like interesting like it's a really to me it's like a really good version of what x-force was you know cool. um that's how I would say is like what if x-force was not drawn and written by somebody who's not so good at comics <laughs> but I loved x-force cable and all that stuff
0: what about
1: uh Deadpool? I had the, I have, I have the first appearance of Deadpool somewhere.
0: Is that what uh, comic
1: was that in? I think it was X Force. Like, oh, okay. yeah, he shows up to like, to, to their, their facility, and he's. I remember he's watching one guy, and called Longshot. This is the first time I remember it. it like, and he's watching him, and you see like, the bubble, and oh, he's the like. Bubble. And he was like, this guy's really good. Of course, I've already seen ten ways I can beat him, but he's good. <laughs> so it's like that was like the first thing where he's like, oh, this guy's a badass, and he like, you know, all really Deadpool is is just an R-rated version of Spider-Man with and Wolverine combined, kind of. And,
0: and like Deathlock? No, 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 not Deathlock. Uh, who were they, Deathstrike, right? Was yeah. was not a parody version of Deathstrike a little
1: bit? Maybe. I mean, he's he's designed to look. A little bit like spider-man death strike together you know and like also there's a little bit of punisher the punisher kind of you know he's a, he's like the,
0: yeah, getting his own justice
1: and... yeah or just like being you know up and superheroes comic book characters are supposed to be like secondarily violent instead of being violent first you know yeah and like the 90s had like lobo wolverine and uh deadpool all kind of punisher punisher all kind of like throwing that out the window and being violent. And yeah
0: that's questions later yeah did you see the preview for the new deadpool
1: oh yeah i did i saw logan and saw the preview yeah it looks good
0: it looks cool
1: well, the first deadpool was really i didn't think it was gonna be as good good and then it was much better than i expected yeah, yeah it's funnier than I expected you know Mm -hmm. and I just saw Logan I really liked Logan yeah I saw that too yeah
0: oh man yeah it was so crazy how he's just like yeah when he's really old what's it gonna be like with his brain
1: yeah (laughs) like what the
0: fuck oh did you read those stories back in the day when those came out no old man Logan
1: I didn't read any of the old man Logan that was probably like 2000s maybe okay cause that Almost twenty years ago.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can almost say back in the day about the year yeah. two thousand.
1: Yeah, you know you're old when like oh, the one thing like the one one thing you know you're old when like a band's music that you considered like them kind of like jumping the shark or being past their prime mm-hmm. like, oh that's the album that they kind of fell off. Is a song that people will now throw part of their canon. So like, like the Rolling Stones. I'm just waiting for a friend that was like, you're like, oh man, they don't have it anymore. Like this is kind of not peak Rolling Stones or like even like Pearl Jam is like, people will like play a Pearl Jam song and be like, oh, I really like this song. And you're like, oh, that's like the, that's like the album where you're like, oh, I'm done with this band. Like they've done, like oh, so yeah, it's or. Yeah, it's, it's interesting as you get older, like, the the sort of scope of the music changes. Like, what you thought of, like, the music changes.
0: Yep. I, I remember when I listened to
1: Or when you're a kid, you're just an asshole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when I heard Green Day Dookie, and then I was like, alright, dope. And then Insomniac, and I was like, alright. And then, uh what was the one? Nimrod that came out. Yeah. That was one of the time of your life and it was like way softer. Yeah. And then American Idiot and all that. And I was just like, alright. I'm, I'm yeah. Okay. But people
1: consider American, but now people consider yeah. American Idiot like of
0: their battler. Uh, like yeah. Most popular. Yeah. Because they made a Broadway musical out of it. Yeah. I think.
1: If anyone, <laughs> if you want to like watch something interesting, like watch HBO as a making of, and it's it's pretty hilarious. Like how.
0: <laughs> making of what?
1: the Broadway musical of American Idiot yeah so like but there's this moment in it where the the director of the of the Broadway musical is like they're like and then Billy Joel Billy Joe said that he would be a part of the musical we were so surprised like you weren't surprised like a rock star wanted to be in a Broadway musical like a narcissist yeah
0: he was glam rock. Like uh, at, at first, I think he was one of the first uh, artists that I remember putting on like um, eyeliner. Eyeliner. Yeah. Stuff, yeah,
1: but yeah, no, that uh, that was uh, <laughs> the least shocking thing I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> oh, they want to be in a musical about their own band. Yeah. All right, get They want to be
1: more famous.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's for three DS. Got that at um, Comic Con.
1: Uh. Do you have more questions for me? <laughs> gonna, am I approved?
0: Yeah, well, you said uh, you said earlier that you were meditating. What kind of meditating do you
1: do? I don't know. I go to this Buddhist place that's not too far for a like, half-hour meditation sometimes. Cool. But I don't, like, have a was... prescribed meditation. I mainly just tried to, like, be away from my phone for half an hour. Yeah. It's, like, the hardest thing right now
0: it's a good thing to do and it's also a very hard thing to do yeah i I need to be in contact with people yeah yeah
1: all right dude but you really don't you don't need to be in contact with people yeah not all the time no one cares about you that much (laughs) that's an important thing to remember um so you're doing the show tonight i'm doing uh duplex Duplex, which is a sort of a racist comedy show (laughs) (laughs) or It's like a dirty, <laughs> crowd work, racist sort of show. Dirty, it's the dirtiest yeah. show you'll find in town. So I'm doing that. And then we, uh, Comedy Palace is also Thursday nights. That starts at 9.30 Thursday nights. And I kind of help produce that. And then... Yeah, what else? Where can people find all your social media stuff? Like uh, Ed A. Salazar on Twitter is probably like the best thing. Uh, and then I have a podcast called Heaven Knows I'm Morrissey Now, which we have like three... Uh... Uh whatchamacallit's three episodes so and then i'm working on some other stuff i might start doing some other podcasts that i'm thinking about but uh and then right now just kind of like fucking around trying to re- get some writing done i'm re- working on a book and working on me- scripts and acting and mm-hmm. i was i just recorded a thing for night train which season two of CISO, which you might see me on a little bit and then recorded I was on hidden america oh nice last nice <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that
0: comes out, we'll both be on CISO, yeah.
1: I'm part of the CISO family, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, duh, 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 oh, uh, fuck was oh, the band American Football? I'm in their music video that's going to be coming out soon, cool. so check that out. And other than that, I'm around. And if you are a person who has a podcast or a show that needs a comic or just you know, you want to talk Go about ahead. magic cards, book me, I'm very friendly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well this has been you and me and thoughts and talk with doug Cole, man
1: yeah don't go fuck yourselves everybody <laughs>